Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. Uh, before we get started tonight, Rob re- requested that we take a moment and give a mo- moment of silence for uh, Joe Exotic's continued uh, persecution. And I think Rob said uh, consistent, uh, consistently being held back in shackles by the United States, United States government as he is still incarcerated. So a few moments. I can't even give that much more silence, man. That's okay. That's good. Uh, I am with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. We're here to talk about Double Agents episode six. Great episode, probably the best of the season, right? I think so. I thought this was an awesome episode. Now, like I've liked a lot of the episodes this but I thought this one was really good. Like, For I, some reason, it was I, really, I, good, I was really like, good. Dude, legitimately during the mission, I started grabbing like weights and weightlifting in the, the middle of the mission. I, I, I got too amped up for it. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought it kind of like uh, teetered it off toward the end a little bit. I don't know why. I would have to think about why I feel that way. Um, but I, I thought most of it was very good. I, I thought they should have focused a little bit more so on the leaders. Like we didn't need so much Anissa and Fessy and Big T and CT just because like they didn't have any stake. Like you know they're not going to win once they were at that point. And like you don't get anything for second or third or not coming in last. So I, I um. I thought if we would have had more of like just a showdown between Jay, Teresa, Corey, Ashley, and the other teams right at the top, that would have been more fun. The we've talked about this, but this is, and I guess we can just talk about the uh, the challenge right now. This is pretty much like the prototype for kind of the 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 basic structure of what we like in a, a challenge mission, right? It's it's not repetitive. It's everyone kind of goes at once. And it kind of gives an indication of a team or an individual player's true ability relative to everyone else, right? We actually learn about someone's phys- phys- physical competence. Yeah, and it's very representative. Like, this is not something like the car driving mission at the end of last season where it's like, okay, how is this going to come into play at all? Or the drone flying mm-hmm. mission from yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was the type of challenge where you can really see who's good and who's not as a team. And it's a fair evaluation of everyone because the same rules apply. You don't have different heats. You're literally just competing against yourselves and everybody else that's there. And tonight was very revealing about really how some of these teams are doing. Because right off the bat, I'm going to say it. I'm so glad I took that bet on Nam Devin. Like, yeah, he's no, yeah, terrible. I agree. Like, I he's mean, terrible. I, that's the thing. So, like, <clears throat> that, like, I'm big on like changing your beliefs in light of new information. You know what I mean? And that's like a big, mm-hmm. big bullet point, right? And so, for my opinion of him, if he were to finish where my opinion of him prior to that challenge would have suggested he would have needed to like finish first or second easy. Right. And he didn't do that. And so now I have to mentally calibrate that. And throughout pretty much the rest of the episode, I was thinking like, all right, where am I going to put him now? Like, where am I going to put him relative to all of the other men for Lolo? I don't know if this really changes anything for me. Like th- that. I so that's the a, thing too. a big problem. Yeah. So like a shoulder. And I think communication is also a big problem because so, I think even if you think that they're not going to be in pairs in the middle of the final, they're going to be in like to say there's not going to be in pairs at any point. Like I would, I would think that's 
more of a strategy. But you don't know you don't know that they're going to be the par- partners. So I guess a couple of different things. You don't know that they're going to be partners in the final, right? Because they could change the partners around. I'm um, saying with anybody. Yeah, yeah but I'm going with the idea that they're going to do a dirty thirty type final. That's what I'm thinking. They're all going to take a turn with each other. Yeah, just because she does isn't a good at communicating with Nam doesn't mean she's necessarily going to be poor they're, at communicating they're, with everyone else. She's not good at communicating with anybody. No. If you, had seen the, if you had seen the spinoff show, man, you got a small taste of what she's capable of. And she's a great competitor, but mentally she is not, she does not play nice with others. And I was waiting for the huge fight to break out and she just cried instead tonight, which with, still surprised me. With Lolo, it's like watching like... It's like I'm sure the feeling every Bills or Browns fan had watching like the playoff games and the coming games, like you're just waiting for like, all right, how is this going to go wrong? All right, well, who do you who do you want to bet against her then? Th- think about that through the rest of the episode because that still stands. I mean, I think I think that the winners of the well, I would actually really didn't. I, I think that they're in a, a tough spot, but I, I think all right, let's let's get into that. I don't know how we made it this far without talking about that. Jay and Teresa, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, they're in a terrible spot now. Well, Absolutely I think, awful. So I initially, I agreed with you. I think we have to, first off, we have to give them some props for just winning the mission. Like, I think that that alone is like. So, yeah. So that's the other thing, I guess, real quick. So it's like, how much weight do we put into the performance in that mission? Right. It definitely means something. But think, it's, it's not like we think that Jay it's not like we think that Jay and Teresa are now the best pair in the house, right? So if no, but I think, I mean, look, okay, look, like if they ran a final right now with everybody in the house, that's just what they did. Well, what would you put them at? I don't know. So the other thing is, how much do we think it was an advantage that they're pretty much the same height? Huge, right? It's it's definitely a, a pretty sizable advantage, but like yeah. and like if you look at most of the pairs that did pretty well, they're all they're all relatively the same height. But I also think that's also most of the best teams. Mm-hmm. Like I think the, like Darrell and Amber are also pretty similar heights. Like Kyle and Camber are pretty similar heights. Corey and Ashley, eh, they, I mean Corey's a decent bit taller than Ashley, but like both they're, they're similar heights. But they also like they beat those teams. Like that's still a pretty significant accomplishment. Yeah, I think that there were two things you needed to win this particular daily challenge. Con- like really good conditioning, stamina, and then brains. Because Jay and Teresa were the only team that quickly solved that math problem. Uh, Corey actually solved it pretty quickly because they just got lost afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like that is impressive because everybody else timed out except for uh, Anissa and Fessy who were already in last place when they figured out the math problem. So to me watching that episode, you have to put Jay and Teresa as one of the top five teams on the show. Still like they there's are, only, that, there's only they are 10 and a half teams left. I think that's not even like that. Um, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, so that's what I, that that's what I was kind of like trying to steer us towards is I don't, it means something, but like, I didn't really think they were that great before. And so that is still a difference now that if I do think that they're towards the top five, I think I'm on the same page with Trace. I think that's the general range that I would have them in. It's also just hard to say what the best team even means like at this point. Like, is that just, okay, who do we predict will be best in missions going forward? Um, I don't really think, I'm not really factoring political sort of prowess into that at all. But then, or just like who's, like, who's most likely to like win the final if these teams who's, who's, stay and ran the final? 
who's the yeah th- that's kind of what i mean who is most likely to make it to the final Th- that's make kind of it to I the see. final but yeah. i like that see for me it's hard to put any to like that would be more of an individual's ranking versus a team's ranking just to keep switching around yeah see the reason and the reason that i put it that way or the, the reason that i kind of think about it like that is because i don't think they're going to and we made a bet on this i don't think that they are going to finish the final as pairs the way they are currently constructed now I just no, and I I even have said that from the start. I don't even think the pairs as they are stand now. I mean, I still maintain there is going to be a team where one person makes the final and the other person is skullless. I still think that's on the table. So I think that whichever five men and five women make the final, they are going to mix them up for five or six legs. So for five legs, you're going to have five different partners, and then there might be one or two legs where you're solo. Well, but like I think. I mean, they've had people dropping like flies throughout this this season. I mean, we didn't even talk about Leo yet either. But like, they're gonna they're probably gonna get it whittled down to where it's just five and five. And if it's just five and five left, then you're gonna have you're gonna end up where it's five pairs and everybody has a skull. Like just how math works. The moment that the moment that Leo had the scene with Nani where he started to talk about his childhood, I thought Leo is going home. And then I wrote that in my notes. And then literally the next scene was him talking with Gabby. It seems like it was for um, reasons that definitely necessitated him taking a step outside of the game. And so good for him for for doing that. Do we know if he's okay? If what his he, status they, is? They, he they've definitely been somewhat vague. I think I, I don't really want to even want to get into the specifics too far. Honestly, like I, I just think that's more outside the reach of what we try to do. Um, but I do think it's a good adjustment for the show to be more amenable to these things like they, they've it's been no secret they've had a myriad of mental health issues with their cast members just particularly recently so I, I think that they've become not as uh you know draconian with with these things it's definitely an improvement yeah and i i mean i feel like you we can talk about what's public um while he was on the show his wife uh came was pregnant and we were in the middle of a pandemic and he had a bunch of lingering issues, obviously, like we saw on the show uh, about his just mental as someone like I, I, I struggle with depression and I do. Uh, it's a daily battle to work through that depression some days and some days are better than others. Some days you're fine. Some days you're not. And it's a situation where when you get in that headspace and you can't get out of it, and then you're also worried about your wife back home, who's now pregnant with, I think their first kid. I can't blame the guy for going home. It's funny. Yeah, like I've talked to spot. Yeah. Like I've talked to friends, like, and they'll just casually bring up. Cause they like barely know anything about the show. Oh, like you for sure would go on the show. I'm like, I don't even know for sure if I would go on the show. Like the money's nice, but like, it's not like, it doesn't sound like great living conditions. Hmm. Like you're you're packed with all these crazy people who have nothing really to do besides scream at you and try to make a television product. A lot of you have probably met most of them before in a foreign country with extremely limited ability to contact anybody outside of whatever environment you're in at the time. Like it's there's there's definitely pros and cons, and um, I mean it's a it's a great opportunity for those able to go on, but it also can be very difficult. Yeah, you you have to. I think Johnny Bananas put it best in an interview one time. He's like, you have to be a little crazy to do this show because the mental toughness that it requires to just live in that house 
is harder than people think. And uh, Mark Long has hinted at it too, because even now they have a little less restrictions than they did in the Rivals Battle of the X's uh, Ruins time frame. Because in that time frame, they weren't even allowed to like bring books. I remember Mark Long talking about for Battle of the X's, somebody had smuggled in a Harry Potter book. And so the guys would you know, read aloud Harry Potter every night and then production took it away after a few nights. And nowadays um, they do have the ability to bring <laughs> books. Like we saw Cam's uh, e-reader um, being used during one of the scenes tonight. So the conditions are a little easier than they used to be, but it's still just insane. Can you picture uh, Mark Long sitting in a chair reading Harry Potter with everyone kind of there's, there's down, like, like school children in front of him? And Battle of the Exes, like reading back and forth, right? Like on the the the, the, they the shit show. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's on there. <laughs> yeah, like I remember Sarah saying at one point that she used to smuggle in like crossword puzzles before production would take them away from her when they started using them or something. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I yeah. Um, even but that even like yeah. So around that, I also thought it was interesting too that like Cam was talking to Nani about Teresa like not being trustworthy. Which I mean, we'll we'll talk about her actions later. But Cam like voted for Anissa in that vote, so she wasn't even working with that alliance. Yeah, she wasn't working with the alliance, though. No, I know, but she wasn't working with like Nani's. uh, Like Nani seemed to be aligned with like the Anissa Tory group, and then Cam voted against them, and then was like telling Teresa, saying Teresa was untrustworthy, as if Cam was. uh, Not like following similar suit, which is a good strategy. But well, I mean, it's not that. But she, Teresa was supposedly working with them. I think that that's what they were talking about. They were just talking about Teresa generally and her. But like I was saying, Cam didn't vote. Cam didn't work with them for that vote. Cam worked against them for that vote. So did Nani. I know, but she. They didn't say that they would be working with them. You can be, you can work against someone and still and be like true to what you're saying. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not even saying that. Like not true. Like. Never mind. But I, I just thought it was interesting that like Cam was like saying how Teresa was like flaking on the alliance, and then Cam, Cam and Nani were both also like voting against Anissa. Like I don't, I, see, well, I, I just don't see where Anissa stands at this point. Oh, who knows? Let's not spend too much time on where Anissa stands. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, to, since we're on this subject now, I was going to bring it up later, but I'll bring it up now. It's why I loved the little splot they did of CT's confessional at the end of the episode. He's like how are these people so surprised when they find out someone's been lying to you? Yeah, like, it's like, come on, man. It's the challenge. You lie. It's <laughs> and, one of those things where you, you know, you have to know they expect that to happen, but, but they also feel like, I feel like they also feel like they have to lean into it. Like I was watching, um, I watched like the first episode of the bachelorette with a friend and like the, the guys were like, like she had some drama come up with the first thing. And the guys were like, oh my gosh, she's having to deal with no. drama on the first night. It's like, oh yeah, she's on the, she signed up to be the bachelorette. What was she expecting this to be like a, a drama free experience? What kind of television product is that? <laughs> exactly. It's like, come on. Like, it's, Please it's don't tell me that they don't, if the, if you are hired to be the bachelorette and you are not capable of having drama, then you're not going to be chosen as the bachelorette. Sorry. I did also notice Kyle's had the same confessional outfit in like every episode this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are other confessionals where they. But I'm saying that episode, that out confessional she's been giving in that outfit have come up in like every episode this season. Yeah. I don't know about every episode, but. 
quite a few. I think at least three, and we've only had. I, I remember it happening episode one and this episode at least. Like it's been it's been often. Uh, I don't know if it happened that early because we we didn't mention it in our first episode. Well, in the declassified uh, like big pre- uh, preview thing when Nelson and Corey are talking, he goes a confessional. That okay, episode. yeah, that's possible. I don't remember that. Um, all right, D- defend Teresa's move. Um, like, I think, so initially I agreed with you. I think that you should just sit back completely and not like do anything. I guess first Um, I should say like Jeff Probst would be very proud of this move. This is, this is exactly what Jeff Probst wants to see out of TV. But so I, I initially I was thinking, I think the best play in this, and it might even still be the best play is to just like sit back and like either a, a stronger competitor gets put up, in which case you put another stronger competitor in, and then you know one of them has to go. Or B, a weaker competitor gets put up, and then you can put yourself in, and then you get your skull, and then you know all is good. Um, but the one issue with that is she seems to be mostly trying to align with like that small, the itty bitty mini committee or whatever they're calling themselves, yeah. which is a, a good strategy in the sense that she's probably the favorite in that group in a final. Um, yeah, and it, it helps her in the long run. But that also means you're going to need a kind of not, you're not only going to need the bigger people, to, like the stronger competitors who are going against each other, like Cam and Ashley. You're going to need to get them to go in consecutively. Like I think the best move for that group now would actually be to put Cam and Anissa in against each other because then another one of them goes, then that lessens the skull, and then that way like they can work it down to where they don't have to go against each other for skulls. Like They'll have some remaining. Anyways. Um, but yeah, um, there I were- think... I think that sitting back, I, I think sitting back would have made sense. But I also think she could have been in a spot where she knew she's not on the top of the itty bitty mini community's priority list, and then she's clearly on the bottom of the other group's priority list. So, like, if she's going to be target number one anyway, it's at least let's let, let me set up a situation where I can get the biggest threats in the house out. Well, so that way I don't don't have to go into elimination or go into a final against them. Yep. And see, I'm actually 100% in Rob's court with this. There were two key moments that occurred in the episode that confirmed to me that they made the right decision, even though it puts a bigger target on them, especially, uh, <laughs> I really think Jay screwed next episode. Like he, if yeah, they don't win, Teresa, he's I can going see the, the, Like the level to it for Jay. I think this is, this could be a big problem really bad problem but anyway um the two moments were just seeing who voted for Corey and ashley every single rookie voted their way plus ct uh not okay. amber b. not amber b so i have it in front of me so the rookies that did not vote for or that did vote for ashley and Corey were big t casey ct we keep, we keep throwing big t into the rookies group she's not a rookie she's been on three seasons yeah, no, I was thinking more the itty bitty committee or whatever they're called. Like they all voted that way. Michi voted that way. Um, Lolo, all of that. CT, yeah. yeah. And so to me, that tells you that they have numbers and they're willing to stick together. Whereas Ashley in the uh, crater called out the vet saying, this is what you get for burning votes. Because so there was like three or four people that just burned votes. a lot of burned votes. And it's like, listen, if you're going to burn votes, then you're not going to keep control and keep people in your alliance out of the crater. Like if you want to actually be in control of the game, and by the way, they are the dominant alliance. They could be in control of the game. What happened tonight should have never happened to that alliance. Like period. Yeah, because it was they were, stupid. Did they even it have was numbers, really, though? No, they did yeah, not. They so got, there were 
So there were nine votes for Ashley and Corey. So that means there were 11 votes remaining that went who knows where. For uh, the question of did they have the votes, and I, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly how cohesive that group is to be able to bring those people I, I together. Just th- I think that the, the thing that's really separating them is they're the only group that's like together. Everybody else is kind of just like taking the individual game a little bit too far. It feels like Lolo has been on the right side of the vote every single time. If we went back mm-hmm. and looked at these. Um, let me see. She, she voted Kyle Nani the second vote. We ended up getting voted in, but weren't the uh, vote in that episode. And then everything else she's been voting correctly or voting the right the person in. So she had it every time but one? Yeah, the second episode. And even then it was Kyle and Nani who ended up getting put in anyways. Um, yeah, the other thing too, though, is a lot of people I saw on the live Reddit stream were saying, why didn't Teresa put in a weak team and go in and get her skull? And that would have been a good strategy. But then when you saw the elimination, it was the absolute wrong strategy. And they wouldn't have known that ahead of time. So their gamble still would have played been good off. At that. Well, I think you need to be a little taller. And even though Teresa is not exactly like Shorty McShorty, she's still smaller than a lot of the other people. So unless she was going up against Tiny Amber, um, this would have been really difficult for her to win. Maybe, but it's also, I I think even almost a bigger reason, honestly, is I think she's just like wants to work with those people. And mm-hmm. if you get it, like if she gets her skull now against one of them, then everybody else in the house hates her, and she's going to end up like D at the end of last season, where she's just getting voted in, like even though she has a skull. What did you just say? If who does what? If Teresa, if Teresa, if Teresa in one of the rookie girls, yeah, if Teresa just throws herself in against the only group left who seems to have any sort of ties with her, then she's going to just get the, like, voted in again. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we've seen. Like, do you think we'll we'll see that throughout the re- the rest of the season? Where yeah, I think that's going to end up. I think it's going to end up having almost having to happen. What? That people that people who have schools are going to get voted in. Uh yeah. I mean, it's probably going to happen at some point. Um, there's just not enough opportunities for that to continue to happen because self interest takes over at a certain point, and you realize like I've got to get my skull. I'm fine with helping this other person go in to try and get their skull now in the hopes that they'll help me out at a later point to try and help me go in. Um, I think that's kind of what we saw play out last season. And I don't know if we've seen enough to suggest that it won't be the same way this year. The Something that I thought of towards the end of the episode, and we're a season and a half into it now, I kind of like the skull twist at this point. It took... I don't know. What are we at? 23 I episodes? I think having the five and five limits a little bit better than last season. Last season, it was just such passive and predictable gameplay every time. This season has not been predictable. The one now, thing this has I, been by far the most unpredictable season. Like, I still have no idea where this season is going. I hate the fact that the double agents can see the votes. I hate that. Because it pretty much defeats the whole purpose of the, the secret, secret voting. Because you still get people just burning left and right. Yeah, I think yeah, that's true. I think that this just having them vote might be better. I I, I kind of agree with that. Just because like the at least the, with the burn votes, um, like it makes people it it does put some like there's a little bit of an extra element there where like burning votes becomes like another option for you to do. 
people still cannot give, people can still not give their true intentions if the double agents can see their votes. But we've seen what that's been penalized now. People have people that are proverbially their allies that keep getting voted in, and if they don't like buck up here, they're gonna just have the the just like crew of the itty bitty committee running things. Which is weird. <laughs> I don't like that can't continue, right? I think it kind of has to eventually turn the other way. Yeah, because none of those people are gonna. Well, eventually, those itty bitty people are gonna have to go in, like if they want if they want to make the final and have a shot at winning. And just based on the law of numbers and probability of how many episodes versus how many skulls, like they're gonna have to go in eventually. But I think that the strategy that they're employing right now is probably their best option. You want these vets going head to head so that there are less of the vets when you get towards the end when you're ready to go get your skull, because the these girls are in a much better spot if Ashley or Cam go home. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, well, I mean, Devin, even a Connor Backlander Skulls thing, like, would this season be better if they didn't have to go in and, like, they could just roll like this to the final? What do you mean? Like, if the itty-bitty committee could just continue with the political prowess they've shown so far and just keep voting in these other people in who can't get their stuff organized. I like it in the sense that it, we get better eliminations. I feel like people definitely. Have to go in yeah, and stuff. I, I would think that, that, that. that that's 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 where I'm coming from um, when I say that I kind of like the skull twist. Um, the I was oh, I remember what I was going to say. So I feel like there's going to be a fist fight next week between the men over who gets to go in against Jay. Um, <laughs> I think this is where. Every single one of the guys is going to want to call their shot. Um, See, well, that that's the thing. Because, like, let's say, um, I don't know, Corey or Leroy wins this next week. Somebody who would definitely go in against Jay and would also be a significant favorite over him. Like, if you're the rest of the guys, why are you voting in Jay at that point then? Uh, for the house vote or for, yeah, presumably for the house, for the house vote. vote. Um. Just because a lot of the people probably feel like they have connections with Leroy, right? I mean, that would be the only reason that you would do it. Yeah, but if a lot of people have connections to Leroy, you're going to give him a free skull, and then he's somebody with a ton of connections is just going to be able to skate to the final. Well, in the hopes That's that good for he's get, in the helps in the hopes that he's going to be able to help you get a skull at some well, point. But if That's he has a lot of connections, it's hard to help you out then if he's got seven other people to take care of. Um. Well, you don't know if he has seven other people. Um, well, I mean, but if you're saying he has a lot of connections, and then if he has a lot of connections, that means he's got a lot of people that he's taken care of. Like, if we, we, they can't all be following that logic, nine people think you're, they're your best friend. Like, they can't all be your best friend. I know, but I'm saying that that's why someone would vote him in. I'm not saying necessarily that that would be like the best logic, and you don't necessarily like. I, I think if someone thought that that was the case, where he had that wide of a net, I don't think that they would follow through on that strategy. Right. If they thought that they were in a more narrow alliance where it could be mutually beneficial for everyone involved to put them in and reciprocate that process as the game goes forward, I think that would kind of be where they were thinking. Um, at the end of the day, though, we have no idea where. I, I feel like as, this, as the show continues to go on, I feel like we have less and less an idea of where everyone is, except for. 
in this particular season with the itty bitty committee. Like, I think that's well, pretty much like everybody cool. else is just going with the attitude of like not doing it, of like just voting individually and like not even voting with a group. We'll see when the votes come out for this episode, but like the ones that they have so far are very scattered. I think the vets are overthinking it or they're just really not interested in going in right now. Like, I think it's one of those two things because I mean, Nani, you know, you can say what you will about Nani, but she's done enough of these and she has shown a much better political savvy than she has in the past in these, in these shows. I cannot wrap my head around what her strategy is right now because she seems like she's working with three people, but those three people keep not helping her. (laughs) I think no one wants to go in. I think that's what it is. I think they all kind of saw how last season worked and they feel like they're better off just trying to, and I'm not saying this is the correct strategy. I'm just saying that this is what I think they think that the correct strategy is to kind of wait around until you get closer to the end because you don't want to take your shot too soon and get sent home and try and go against someone right before the final. I think that that's like in their minds, like I think definitely that's what Kyle thinks. I think that's probably what Nani thinks. Um, a number of people, I think that this is what they want to do. I think this is probably what Corey wants. Uh, we still have not seen anyone this season say, put me in. Like, I want to go into a I mean, Fess, no, Fessy did. Fessy did. Oh, yep, you're right. Fessy. So Fessy's aside, the only one. But yeah, beside Fessy, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Lolo had like a deal with CT where like if she saw something she liked, they would put her against Anissa. But that uh, do you yeah. think that's foreshadowing, or do you think that was just kind of a red herring for that episode? It may have just been a red herring because it also would have been so clear Tori was just going in, like the the one even seemed to have been another mm-hmm. play. It's true. It's true. Yeah, they seem to really love the idea and the editing this year of the Survivor Blindside edit. You know, like you might have an idea of who's going in or who's going home, but we're going to throw a bunch of misdirection in so that when the person who actually gets sent into the crater gets down there, and even the way they're editing the confessionals for the elimination, they're really trying to swerve people because I really thought the way they were editing the confessionals for tonight's elimination that Ashley was going to come back because it was like, oh, Cam's done this, and up oh, here comes Ashley, and oh, I've got my mind right, I'm ready to go, blah, 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 blah. See, oh, see, one piece of killer Cam is activated. I'm like, she doesn't say that if she loses. I just got a mental image in my mind and started to laugh when you said that, made the comparison of Survivor to this, about how they're doing that type of blindside editing. I got a mental image in my mind of TJ in the missions and in the eliminations narrating what's going on the same way that Jeff Probst does. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if that would work. Um, yeah. No, not I don't know, though. I, don't, I really... I don't, I really I, don't even, I don't even think it works for Survivor, really. Or I don't know if I think I don't it either. Does. Because they... It depends they on what always, it is. They didn't always used to do that for Survivor. No, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, they didn't do it all the time. Like, when do you... When did they start to do it? They didn't do it as late as like. I don't like, remember Marquise them doing it. it in like Amazon or Pearl Islands, did they? They started it during Amazon because in Amazon he got really into the I'm doing live commentary kind of stuff. Really, I don't even remember them doing it that much in Amazon. I remember with like when they're like offering up the temptations at the reward at the challenge, like they would do. Yeah, that was a little different though. I don't know if he was. No, I know that's what I'm saying. That because like he needs to say what he's offering them. Yeah. How do you um, think he would be as the host of the, the challenge? Phenomenal, I, get, right? I, don't, I think it would. he'd be kind of too involved. I think having somebody who's a little bit 
oh, who's more okay with this being in the background is kind of better. Yeah, I'm definitely not. I just can't on. imagine TJ trying to do a tribal council type interview. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, I just can't. <laughs> TJ would... in probes position would definitely not work. Although I did, as I was thinking about that, go, I want to see Johnny Mosley do the tribal council uh, interview style. Like, I want him to get up there and start. So, uh, tell me, Leroy, uh, what were you thinking when you were running with that big cylinder thingy? (laughs) Dude, dude, uh, there was one point in this episode where I was just dying laughing when Teresa is talking to Anissa about putting in Ashley and then Ashley just walks in the room. (laughs) That was oh, pretty bad. So Teresa was talking with Anissa about voting in Ashley, and she didn't do it. Um, it really seemed like Teresa was able to get that group that she talked about um, the the newer generation of players to go along with kind of what she wanted. That kind of uh, that alliance that kind of brought attention to her at the start of the episode with. Nani, Cam, and Lolo talking in the room after the last elimination. So, I mean, yeah. I think the most surprising vote for that, that Teresa swayed was CT. So either they were already working together or CT and Big T, he's going with her lead on the female stuff so that hopefully she'll go his way on the guy stuff. I mean, I think that works out for him, though. I think, like, I think if you know what I I think think he just needs to find a group to, to coast with. Looking at looking at the board right now, looking at everyone um, in front of me, a really easy move that she could have done is just have uh, Yimber be voted in by the house. All the people with the uh, no, because Casey wouldn't have voted for Mm-mm. Amber B. I'm just trying to look at someone who's like outside why, of the. Why would she want Amber to be voted in? So she could go in herself. And then try and knock out. That big of a favorite against. I mean, I, I'm all in on the Teresa fan club. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think, think Teresa's that, that big of a favorite. Like, like, is Teresa that big of a favorite against anyone except maybe like Big T and Amber? I, mean, I think Big T, Amber, and Gabby. and Gabby. She's a significant favorite. I think over she Nani, be I just don't see what Nani does better than her. I don't know. I don't know if she's a significant favorite. I think she's a favorite. But I don't know if she's a significant favorite. Yeah, it I mean, really Amber depends B, on the elimination. Over Amber B, just. Like we've no Teresa's capable, and we don't. I mean, like her, she and Darrell probably really realistically probably should have done better at this. Honestly, they were similar size. This is like built for Darrell. That's the yeah. That's the thing. I don't. I think, don't think Darrell was giving a hundred percent though. That's possible. Like what yeah, he's I doing, think, and is what just, he does in all of these types of seasons, he tries to stay under the radar. And right now, he is doing a great job. He's staying doing under a the very radar. good job of that. And then, I mean, she's apparently even been a whisper. There has yeah. not even been a whisper of him going in. I think with with her, she's no Aviv on those uh, puzzles, which is what really screwed them. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the thing. I don't, I don't know how much stock to put into that mission. I think it tells us something. Um, I think I would just caution anyone trying to take away too much from it. Yep. I think there are three things you can take away well, is that there were people that underestimated Jay and Teresa as a team because they they did a great job today. I think we, oh, I mean, and we talked about this earlier, we completely overrated Nam because now that we're getting I, I a more not, complete I picture of him. Absolve, although I do have him on my fantasy team in our draft. I, I absolve myself from that claim. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, Devin and I were high on him. And last week I came in and said I was completely out based on what I saw. And like, you know, as Devin said, there's more information available. And it's like, yeah, like, I just don't think this guy mentally is in this game. So let's, let's, let's talk about this now. So like, he definitely moved down for both of us, right? But how far did he really move down? So at this point, I would have just going down the list, I would have CT ahead of him. I would not have Corey ahead of him. You would. Um, mm-hmm. I, w- I would have Darrell ahead of him. I would not have Michi. I would not have Devin. I would have Fessy. And we both had that last week, right? Mm-hmm. I would not and have I would have Jay. said Leroy's ahead of him too. I would not have Jay. I would not have Josh. I would not have Kyle. I don't think I would have Leroy. I would well, have Kyle above him right what, now. Though? Like, what are you saying over and like, overall? Yeah. So when I'm talking about probability, probability to win the show, that's what I'm talking. Okay, about. I, I would definitely have him below Leroy. I would have him below Kyle. I would even have. I would have him below Jay too. Honestly, no, I don't wait. know. About I think like, right I think, now. I, let's I, go. I, let's go, like, Rob. Well, I'm not, not, not the average finish. Devin. He's hedging right Devin, now, Rob. I'm not let's go. Devin, I'm not saying average finish. I think an average finish, he much has a much better chance of winning an elimination. But I think in a final, like if he's in a final, That's this is a I'm very bad choice. That's not he what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you said chance of winning the show. Yeah. And that's not just the final. That's everything else before the final. Well, I, oh, yeah. I think Jay has a better chance of winning the show. I don't want right, to let's go. How much you want to bet? Let's roll. Well, what, what, well, what are we betting your on? price? What? What are we betting on? Who places higher? higher Jay higher or finish, Jay that's, or not, that's a completely different question, though. How is that different? I said probability to the win the show. Easy, We're talking- Big Easy can make a final. How likely is he to win the show? Wait, what are you talking about? I'm saying. <laughs> What? I hear what you're saying, Rob, but the bet makes sense from what Devin is saying. Like, well, I'm not saying what Devin is saying. If then. you think Jay has a better chance of winning the show than Nam overall, then and you overall placing does not have a significant bearing on that because you can How make a final. Not? Tank. It makes Devin, it has everything to do with it. People make a finals and lose all the time. I think yes, he's bad in the final. I don't think he's winning the final. I think he can get there. I don't think he's winning. I don't think he's you, winning an elimination. You think Jay can get to the final? No, dude. So no, I'm saying Jay can't get to the final. Devin, Jay no, can't. That's why I'm saying he can't win. That's why. That's why I would take Nam over him. That, I don't think he there's any chance, chance of winning the show. There. That doesn't mean he has a better chance of winning the show. If you need to win the show, you need to win the final. To, well, to I don't. Show, you need I to get to the final, Rob. I don't think I understand. Nam or I think Jay, Jay make the come. final. So. I think Jay has a better chance of winning the final. I think Nam has a better chance of getting there. I think Jay's, if you once you multiply those out, Jay's odds would overall be higher. I wouldn't put him All as right, an odds. So let's let's go. Higher. But I'm not you saying he's going to play higher, Devin. That's a different question. How is I don't get how that's a different question. I so actually your understand chance of winning now the show what Rob's is saying, different man. than your chance of finishing it. What chance does Big Easy have of winning the show? None, Rob. All right. So, what, what, what bet, bet do you want to make here? Like, I don't get what you're saying. Then, so I'm not saying, I don't want to make a bet on Jay versus Nam. I never said we should make a bet. You're the one who said so you don't. So you don't. Not, so you don't think that Jay is going to finish higher than Nam? No, I don't think he's going to finish higher than Nam. But so I what hear what Rob's saying. What are you because talking Rob about? Because Rob is saying Devin because he can get to the final and actually win. I don't think Nam can win. You, you said chance of winning can... the show. Big Why Easy can get to the final. Big Easy. Here, let's bet. Let's bet on this then. Uh, I don't know if I want to bet on that then. Yeah, because I don't think either one of them are going to make the final, but I hear where Rob's coming from. He's saying that if somehow Jay makes the final and Nam makes the final, Jay has a better chance of winning the final as he thinks right now. However, think, like, once you Jay's path to out, the final is going to be harder than Nam's. Like, your ability to win elimination is a much higher chance, like, as 
like how basically that's one of the thing, main things that allows you to get to a final. But that's like that ninety percent from your chance of winning the show. I don't think so. I that's understand. like most of it. You just said it. That's like ninety percent of your ability to win the show is being able to no, win not, those eliminations. No, it's not. How, how many elimination wins does Anissa win? And how? What is her actual chance are, of winning a final? You guys are taking it to the extreme, though. Like that's for for pretty well, like, much everyone. A lot of, that, that's a lot a, of competitors who are built to win eliminations that aren't good at winning a final. How many? A lot. A lot of these bigger competitors that aren't good at running finals. So Anissa, Big Easy, like name some more. Like even like a Fessy or a Zach, like they're much have a much higher chance final. But like once they're there, there's they have a different odds of winning. You just need Zach has won one. Finished second and one. How many was on team of four, and he was running against he was running against one team that had uh, Devin and JD, and another team that was a pair of two people, which was Trishel. And, and pretty Devin. much won vendettas if they wouldn't have done that twist at the last minute. Um, sure. Fessy's been on one season and finished what third, um, but that's my main criticism, criticism against Fessy. But I still he, think that like, he, like, he, like he has a chance. No, he finished fourth. If you like, look yeah, at, but like, he stopped a, running. All right, so. Say I, I want to understand this. So say it one more time. I think Jay has a better chance of winning the show than Nam does. That does not have a necessarily a bearing on his overall placing, because like I think that Nam like they have a roughly the same like once you average it out they have roughly the same overall placing odds. But I think Jay has a higher like a larger higher range of outcomes. Like okay. like if we're looking at this, yeah, I get what like, you're saying. I get what Jay you're saying. has a much larger range. Of like probably I get what you're saying. Yes. Um. So it's a tough one. You don't like, think, I just, so you don't think he would place higher? No, I think that they're very even in that regard. But I think that Jay has a much better chance of winning the show than Nam does because I think Jay can get to a final than one after after this performance and also just wait. Like, I thought you just said you don't. I thought you just said you don't think that he could get to the final though. I I think he'd have a very tough time getting there, but I think if he would ever be tapping chance he gets there, he could win. Yeah. You see, and I think that's the key. If he gets there, he has a high chance of winning, but his chances of getting there are way lower than Nam's are at the moment, just because he is small and he's going to be targeted by a lot of these dudes when it's elimination time. Whereas there are going to be less dudes that are going to be like, yeah, I'll take my chance with Nam. I just don't, I don't I don't see anybody being really excited about going against Nam, but just from what we're seeing on TV, I'm like, like you might want to take a swing at him. He's the second or third biggest guy in the house, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, that's, that's one thing I overlooked about him a little bit, to be honest. I just didn't realize how overall big big he was. Say that again? Dude, I just realized how big he was. Like he's he's bigger than I was um just like Dude, sizing him up. Yeah, I think huge. Yeah, he's huge, huge. Um so, I think it's going to be. It's got to. It's probably going to be Jay, isn't it? Because Michi, I would say Michi, people are going to want to go in against Michi, but Michi's part of the itty bitty committee. And. He can still get voted in, though. I don't think. Well, I mean, with like he was talking about with the Paris today, maybe being um, with Amber M actually helps him out like that. And people are going to burn votes left and right. Um, as long as the that group stays together, it really benefits them. are going to have to get it together. They can't just keep burning votes like this. I agree. And that's my biggest argument with why I think the vets are really screwing this whole thing up right now. I mean, I know they don't want to go in, 
but by burning votes, they're actually hurting their odds because going home. Well, they're making themselves more likely to go in because the other group's just voting them in. Yeah. I mean, the itty-bitty committee might not be mighty in strength or be the most physical, but right now they're sticking together. And most of the rookies, I mean, there have been people that try to get the rookies together, and you've got Frank calling the rookie revolution on Battle of the Seasons. But the difference here is that there are more vets in this game than there are rookies. And for whatever reason, the rookies are actually sticking together and staying out of the line of fire at the moment. Yeah, what did we think about um, Teresa, like her thing with Cam right before the elimination, where she tells her if she'll like give her to Ashley in like a powerhouse elimination to try to get Ashley out? I don't know. I think she just wanted her to like hopefully go along with what she wanted anyway. So she was just trying to throw it out there to see if she bet. Yeah. I think the rationale there is like, look, I'm going to burn this person anyways, at least this way. Maybe I can try to fashion it in a way where they're not super upset with me, but then in reality, it just made it ended up making her probably more upset with her in the long run. Yeah. I think Teresa uh, overall was not in a good, like you, one of you guys said it a few minutes ago, she's not exactly at the top of the itty bitty Alliance and she's definitely at the bottom of the vet Alliance right now. And Jay is definitely a target by the guys. Like I think she's in a bad situation and the only way, I mean, she was put in power. It might be the only time in this game she's put in power. It's the only time she can control what's going on. Why not take a big swing? To me, this was smarter than Fessy's move because yeah, Fessy got his skull, but he made, you know, enemies of people that were his friends. Teresa really didn't, you know, hurt her friends per se you know what i mean like yeah it's like she exactly and so the enemy of my enemy is my friend so it helps her with that rookie alliance to know okay we can vote together and keep these vets down the person who made the wrong decision here was jay by going along with it because he just made his target bigger than it already was it's funny we haven't seen any sort of pairs that have like actually voted against each other when it's come to the crater. You wonder when that's coming. Um, dude, the, the, um, the, there's like, Cam gives like a head nod death stare to Teresa when she's telling her about her plan. And it's like, you you can just tell she was not buying anything. Teresa was selling with that one. What do we think about Cam's decision to stay with Kyle? I thought it was smart. Fun. They I, both have I skulls. Actually, that's actually honestly probably what I would have done. They both have skulls, and you are more than likely to stay out of the line of fire if both of you have a skull at the moment. It might change later, but they don't know what the game is going to hold when there are five and five skulls you know, out in the open. Are people just going to steal skulls, or are they going to have to throw people in with skulls to get one? I mean, we don't know what that looks like yet. And by the way, that's coming soon. Like, because I, yeah, if this next week guys. is a guy... If next week is indeed a guy's elimination there will be all five guy skulls retained. So within the next three to four weeks, we're going to find out if they just get to steal a skull or are they going to have to throw people in with skulls to win one? Like I'd rather run a final with Darrell than with Kyle, but I think just having somebody who has a skull and it doesn't seem like any of these guys, like I don't, I don't even know who I would say is in the best political spot of the guys. It seems like the women have been kind of dictating everything alliance wise so far. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to tell with how they edit everything. 
Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. I mean, if I had to take a guess, I would say Leroy and Durrell probably are in the best political situation because it seems like whenever Cam wants Leroy to go in is when he's going to go in. You know what I mean? And they're going to rally the votes to make that happen. Um, Durrell seems like he's in the Big Brother Alliance, and so they're kind of taking care of their own. Yeah, I'd be with Amber B. How I don't know how involved Amber B is with the rest of the uh, rookie, well, the like Amber M Big T Gabby contingent. But I don't I think, think she uh, is. I think she's just in the Big Brother Alliance. Yeah, but I don't think he's an enemy of them either. Which is which is. Good. Um. Yeah, one thing I think we may need to look at too now. I think Corey. Is there a chance in his like earlier days he was just like hurt? Like, well, one thing with Corey, we've actually seen him do pretty well on these cardio missions now. Like, he did well in them last season. He was good in the final last year. He was good in this mission. And then if you look back earlier seasons. Didn't he stall out last year, too? Was, didn't his knee come up again? Wasn't that? I feel like that's a reoccurring in the theme final, every yeah. in the final. I'd have to go. Re- oh man, I would hate having to rewatch that final. But I'll, I'll it was, def- it was definitely a thing, right, Trace? Yeah, I, I vaguely remember this. That his knee was bothering him in the final, or it was hurt well, before he the final. Everybody that first day. And like I think, man. if you added up the total times, it would definitely at least be close with him and Johnny. If not, he would win. And he didn't even try at the end of the second day because what was the point once Johnny won? Um, yeah, so there's that, and also if you go back to Rivals 3, he had something with his leg where it was injured, and then I wonder how much that affected him on that season on Invasion. And in the Invasion final, he's terrible, like, he, he's just, it's an, a horrific performance. Um, but I, I wonder if that's just why that part of why that happened, and then if we need to kind of re look at how we look at him now. I don't know, I, I would it, not. Yeah. There's something to keep in mind with Corey, and this is going to sound so insanely ridiculous, but you do have to keep in mind, like, a lot of these cast members do have jobs of some kind, whereas Corey is legitimately just a professional reality TV star. He has been on the challenge, and then he's on Teen Mom, and so, you know, he doesn't have to punch a clock. He doesn't have to do anything, so his his job is to train and to film reality TV. And so in terms of his physical shape and stamina, he looks like he's in better shape. And I think he is. And if he was hurt before then that, maybe we are under evaluating him, but this season he looks like he is in really, really good shape. Well, he was really good last season. And like, I know a lot of the missions weren't representative, but whenever he was asked to perform, basically he did. I don't know for me. So going off of what you were saying before about what you think about um, for Jay in the final, if he gets somehow gets to the final, it, like his ability in the actual final, like Corey is on the complete polar opposite end of that for me. Like I, I would feel comfortable betting against a lot of other people than Corey in that situation. I would not feel confident about betting on him at all. What? So, so who, who would you bet against Like him, him versus Let's Durrell. do it. Let's do it when we actually get to the final. Um, okay, not even be if there. he's there, because that, that's be what I'm saying, right? So, out of the people like, that are like actually in there, I think that's kind of. Um, I would say I, I even think with that, and like before last season, I would have been completely on board with you with that. I really think that like his injuries and rivals three and invasion played a bigger part. Like, no, like dude, we were talking well, about over text messages the other day when Jonathan Taylor was so bad the first half this season. 
and people are like, oh, he's terrible. And it turns out he's probably just hurt. Dude, but that's it came up in the final last season too, his knee. Like, I, I have to work like, again, but like, even if it did, it didn't seem to affect his performance that much. Like, he was really good. I don't remember. I don't remember that. That, that could be the case, but I don't remember that. I mean, he won the first day by a ton of time. The second day, and the second day, like, first of all, it was 10 minutes of airtime. And then, like, after Johnny wins, it, he seemed to he have passed Kyle. He was in second, and then he just didn't try because what's the point? What is he? What's going to happen when he goes up against a puzzle or anything having to remotely do with math? What's going to happen with a lot of these guys when they go up against a puzzle? Compared to Corey, though, you, you, you would feel confident in Corey doing a puzzle versus a lot of these other no, guys. Like I, I would. I, I should. Who, CT. That, that's actually good. Who's good at puzzles of this guy's cast? CT. CT. Devin. No, they're all terrible at them. So would you? Would you? Would you take anyone? Um, put anyone? Would you take anyone against Corey, or would you take Corey against anyone in a final or what? In a yeah, puzzle. in a final. Yeah, a I'm, thinking about this I'm just talking about puzzles. Who would you it's take? Strictly, it's strictly a puzzle. There's a lot of these people that are just like F's, and Corey is one of them. Yeah, but there's a lot of them that are Fs. Like I would put, I would actually put Corey in the D minus category. He's not an F in puzzles. Uh, but there are some definite. You beat, Fs you beat Nelson and Hunter in the puzzle on the Sudoku puzzle on Invasion. Yeah, he he beat Nelson and Hunter. That is why I say he's a D minus because the Fs performed. Like okay, let's, seriously, let's go through it. So we have CT. Who's CT's decent. Darrell's bad. Michi, we have no clue. Devin's Devin's fine. Festy, we haven't seen any track record of him being good at puzzles. Jay, again, we haven't. I mean, they finished the they finished the one today. Yeah, but Anissa did it. He didn't. Are you sure? Yeah, if you go back and watch the episode, Anissa was the one who solved the puzzle. He just stood there. How good do you think Josh is at puzzles? I feel like he'd sit there and cry. You were just you were just taking shots after Kyle lost a hunter on a puzzle in World of Worlds one. And it's not completely wow, like any puzzle he's ever com- tried. And Leroy, who's not done any puzzle he's ever tried. And Nam, he's got this mechanical engineering degree, but he couldn't do the puzzle today. So, like, that was one of the lines of the episode was Lolo's confessional about mechan- being a mechanical engineer. And she's like, I guess they let him use a calculator. <laughs> so- I think he was, I had to walk like Quasimodo when he was trying to carry the thing, too. I thought, oh, my God. But yeah, so, so like, all these people suck. They all suck at puzzles. I don't I don't think we know that uh, we, so so I, the information that we have is that Corey has openly admitted he's terrible what happened with him and nicole and him and nicole yeah, that, in that, that, final? Was, that was not good yeah mm-hmm. like that that's that's what we're dealing with here he openly admits that he's terrible at them but like everybody else is terrible too all right so there's who, only who you take devin and ct are the only two people i take over Corey because everybody me? else is equally oh. horrible Everybody else is equally horrible. Like you could just flip so he, a coin and maybe that. Horrible, or they've given us no evidence to the contrary. I mean, there are females on this cast. I would take over a bunch of the guys' puzzle ability. Oh yeah, so, uh, most of these women. I think that's what's going to happen. Is just these women are going to get stuck solving these puzzles because these guys suck. Yeah. On my recent uh, Dirty Thirty rewatch, one of the funnier things in the final was Derek and Camilla doing the puzzle. And Derek just kind of standing there, and Camilla well, does it. Cam- or uh, was it Car? Okay, yeah. yeah and Derek, Derek's like, "Thanks, appreciate it." And she's like, "Damn it, I just jer." You know, like he was just like, "Thanks for the time, appreciate it." I think it's funny how 
like people rag on competitors for like being bad at swimming or being bad like just like at things you would think you'd be able to work on. How come so many so many of these guys just suck at puzzles? Like, and get, why won't you study puzzles app on your phone? Yeah, get, study tangrams, do some sudokus. I mean, ha, they redo the same puzzles every year. It's just a like, different like, way of doing it. I feel like you could put most puzzles into what, like six categories maximum. And then if you just yeah. do those six types of puzzles and get to like not a disaster in them, you'll, you'll be better. In reality, you. all you really need to do is study Sudoku and study Tangrams, and that will get you through 70% of the puzzles on the challenge. What um? What do we think about P3 taking over for Burger King as the food sponsor? It's about time a sponsor that actually like is part of health and fitness as a part of the show because the fact that I have that massage gun that they won and that thing is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was um. I thought they were. One of the, I was surprised they just didn't get food. How do they not just get like meat, cheese, and nuts? I was like, you know, it was a brilliant move, man. That was a legit prize. How much? Uh, I, let, Let's guess how much it costs for well, them Tracy, to. You should have one, right? Yeah. For them I to mean, be the sponsor like, of, I, I have no of that clue. challenge. Oh, the product placement. Oh, well, at, I would have said that as prominent as it was, I would have pegged it at fifty k. Rob, I, I have zero clue. I don't know. I was thinking 60, like seventy five hundred thousand. The okay. issue though is I mean, that well, they had they, gave out, they showed out six k to Jay and Teresa too for winning. I think that, the bigger question we should be asking ourselves on product placement is how much did the Fast and Furious 9 pay for the commercial that did them no good? Yeah, because it never came out. You know, because it didn't come out. It's been, you know, rescheduled for this May or something now. And so, like, oh, dude, they're going to get another one of god awful missions that's Fast and Furious because they have to redo the advertisement for it? No, they don't have to redo the advertisement. I mean, think about it. Fast and Furious 9 paid for the advertisement. The episode was airing the week before Fast 9 was supposed to come out. And then the pandemic happened like three weeks before the movie was supposed to come out. So like, sorry, it sucks. But you, you paid for the airtime and they structured, the they literally structured an entire episode around advertising that movie. I was like, that, and that's like nothing. one of the worst episodes in the history of the show. If we it was really that. bad. It was so bad. Because that's the, like the Jenna Zach uh, saga mm-hmm. episode. Um, that was the same these, these, pro- these products they get are so off the wall. And how come they only have like one or two of them a year? Why won't they just load up on them? Because they can't get enough people to want to do it. Yeah. Is that really That's what it really is? What it like, how is there not like some like smaller uh, corporate, like some smaller outfit that would be willing to put money behind it? Because they don't want to like, uh, well, it's because it's not a good way to spend your advertising dollars. It's not. And here's the thing you have when you look at stuff like this, Rob. You have to think through as a company, what is our return on investment with this? Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, with Burger King, you do get a decent return on investment because the largest audience of the show is probably between what, 15 and 28. Wow. I have a a longstanding feud with Burger King, so I I am uh, not. I can't stand Burger King. I haven't eaten at a Burger King in a very long time, not just because of health reasons, but just because every time I have been to a Burger King, I get the worst service you could possibly get anywhere. In the middle of a pandemic where every drive through is full near me, Burger King never has cars and it just went out of business. That should tell you how terrible Burger King is. Um, I have... So I, I'm an exceptionally healthy eater. That's one of the, I, I don't I honestly don't like eating that much, which is just a weird take I, to a lot of people I know. 
I think people spend way too much time eating. But like uh, for me, health is the first priority. So I have no reason to go to Burger King. But like even but this, eating, before, this was before COVID. Um, I had – so I coached basketball to like relatively young kids, like between the ages of like four and ten. And one of the kids at like the end of the session gave me a $40 gift card to Burger King. So I, I still have it because like what am I going to spend $40 at Burger King on if I'm trying to eat healthy? Because like – So what on they offer? Have like, they have like a, like a salad that's like – has absolutely nothing in it, and that's like the only thing. It's like eighteen hundred calories. It's like McDonald's yeah. salad. It actually has more calories than the Big Mac. Yeah, yeah, and then that's the only thing like moderately healthy on the menu. Like, there's legitimately nothing healthy. You just go and you get like a frozen Coke. It's a treat. That's it. But like, <laughs> yeah, but like I have forty dollars for Burger. What if I spend forty dollars on frozen cokes? Over a two year period, why not? <laughs> Sell the gift card. What was that? Get twenty bucks for it. Somebody will do card. it. <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah no so but for the sponsors you know for burger king it makes sense because the people most likely to eat burger king are either going to be seniors that go in for their quarter coffee in the morning because that's one of the burger king's like calling cards around here at least coffee. is if you're a senior you can get a cup of coffee for a quarter every morning so you go buy a burger king and there's a bunch of old so, biddies so, there so if i coffee. send this to some old person in alabama they can get uh 160 coffees for the 40 dollar gift card basically yeah the issue rob is that so if you're an advertiser right and you can spend your money on any platform you want if you spend it on tv to go back a little bit to what trey says you literally have zero idea how much that actually made you you have no fucking clue. You, your sales may go up, but you don't have any idea if it actually came from that TV commercial, right? Um, if you take that money and you spend it on something digital, you can track down to the exact penny how much you made off of those ads. And that's why everything's going in that direction. But my thing was just, it seemed odd to me that these relatively large groups and like Burger King and Fast and Furious would shell their advertising, their shit would... Put oh, because they have, money, they have money to fucking burn. Like they have like unlimited advertising budgets. So, yeah. yeah, and the thing you have to remember, too, you have to remember too, is like you're they're thinking about the ROI with a certain demographic. And if your demographic is fifteen to twenty eight as the biggest audience of your of a show, then they're going to look at that and go, okay, who is most likely going to eat at Burger King? Well, for me around here, it's senior citizens and high school students. So they are going to want to find ways to target. And whether anybody likes to admit this or not, but like the challenge is the number one rated show in the demo every Wednesday night, that demo, they are number one. So if you are trying to get your product in front of high schoolers, teens, tweens, college students, advertising on the challenge is a decent risk for an the investment, the Fast and Furious movies. I'm 36 and I love those movies. I, they're, they're I love just, them too. My wife and I love those movies. And so, like, we're going to that movie regardless of what's going on. I'll get a babysitter for the kid. We're going. Um, but if you are trying to lure in new viewers to the Fast and Furious movie, because believe it or not, there are 14-year-olds that have not seen a single Fast and Furious yeah, movie I'm because a, they were too young. I've not seen a full Fast and the Furious movie. I've I mean, think four. about it this way. At age 14, the first Fast and Furious movie came out five years before they were born. It's just not my vibe. So this is the so, thing, too. The... The budget for Fast and the Furious 8 was $250 million. 
you know, like if someone from MTV comes to you and says, Hey, like, how about like 50K and you can be the sponsor of the show? It's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You're wasting my time. Like, not even one percent. But like, I give like, there's plenty of bigger companies that you, you'd think they'd be able to do that to. What do you mean? Uh, Maybe, but those, it, those companies still, might not be interested in that demo, though. Well, it still goes back to what I, I said. Like, so that's yeah, it's hard to it, it's hard to do that. And the issue with that too is the sales cycles for those are long, right? Like, it actually takes like like communication with um, like someone at and or someone with Viacom to be able to like it's purchase. Yeah, it's a super There's a lot of planning. There's a yeah, lot they of people have to put it in before that event films, and then that doesn't come out until that like whatever episode it's in eventually uh, airs. Or you can go YouTube ad, go buy YouTube ads, and get way better fucking results. Those are your two yeah, options. I, I'm just curious as to what led to like Burger King and Fast Food, like those two specifically. Like, okay, like we're gonna sign on and do this versus every other company saying no. A persistent salesperson with connections. That's what that's what it took. That's what it is. And the P3 would make sense because they've been advertising and using Johnny Bananas to promote their products and um, oh, on commercials on MTV. Like he's on MTV a good bit, you know, training for the challenge and using his P3 and stuff like that. And then so like they're just heavily invested in the show. And ironically enough, the CBS all access piece of this might attract a few more of these types of companies in the future. Because this show is eventually going to make its way to CBS All Access, which means your product placement is just going to get free views every time the show is streamed. And they can actually get a report from the streaming service to see how many times that episode has streamed just, you know, for visibility. Does it, you know, give them an idea of, you know, people that watch the show that bought their product? Probably not, but... The idea is to get your product known. And quite frankly, if I didn't watch the challenge, I wouldn't know who P3 was. Never heard period. of it. Yeah. Wow. Heard. You guys Maybe are like, out of the loop. It's the is this, very is this big? I, had, I, I, don't, I may have like seen it before, but I, there's no way I would have been able they to tell you that. have tons of ads, and it's just like... A, Where are these like, ads oh, being shown? Well, it's just like a snack that's like... It's like a, like a Lunchables type thing, but it's like got the veil of being healthy because it's meat, cheese, and nuts, and that's it. Where but see, I have never, ever seen this in a store, okay? Oh, and the God. other thing too, Rob, you oh. said yourself you're really into health and fitness. If you're talking about internet ads, those are targeted specifically for you no, because you Just on regular have... TV. Like I'm telling you, they, they have a lot of ads. No one watches regular TV anymore. That's the thing. Like everything's going away from – Regular TV, sure, but I'd be like, I'd be like, I barely watch that. But like sports, like if I'm watching like NBA on ESPN, like P3 ads come up with Polar Beer. I'm putting the interesting. The I have commercials come on. That's the thing. Like, wow, I don't know. It's but just yeah. like and see, it's like it's like in like every any kid whose parent is like, because it's not. It's really not even healthy. It's just like like if you wanted your kids to actually eat healthy, you could definitely come up with a way for them to eat healthy. But it's just you know. Very much in like eleven year olds' lunches when they like go to school, like you know, pre COVID, obviously, but yeah. like that, that, that type of thing. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I just I've never seen it, but it's also and because that's actually stunning to me. That, that's a, that's a very surprising. If it's not pro wrestling, football, hockey, or the challenge, I'm probably not watching it on live TV. Like but, that's just yeah, legit. But like the, like it has it had they had tons of ads like on those types of stuff. But see, that's the thing, though. When commercials oh, like, are going like on, Hulu or something like Hulu would still have ads. You have a subscription, like it would be on that. 
Yeah, see, I don't have Hulu subscription. Um, you know, for commercials, if I am not, I'm usually very rarely able to just like watch a football game because I'm usually chasing my kid around while the game's on in the background. So I'm really not paying close, close attention. Um, the same thing is with other stuff like this wrestling I watch. I never watch that live. I DVR it. So I never actually watch the commercials. So like, it's, it's just on- really easy for me to not see TV commercials. Yeah. If it's not on Stack Overflow, if it's not on Roto World, if it's not on, I'm, I'm not even really on Reddit that much. Like if it's not because, and then I'll just like watch Netflix, right? Everyone here watches Netflix. Like where, and then football games. And then when football games come on, I put them on mute when it goes to commercial. Like I, I'm surprised you guys haven't just seen them in like the grocery store. No, they. I've never. I mean, I actually buy a similar product um, that is put out. I can't remember, but they're called Balance Breaks. Yeah, they're called Balance Breaks, and it's just like you know, cheese and nuts and uh, like uh, cranberries and stuff. And so it's a, it's basically an adult lunchable. But like, I've actually never seen the P3 brand, but I've been in that aisle because I buy Balance Breaks all the time for my midday snack. Do they have sprouts in Alabama trees? Yeah, store? they do. Sprouts makes their own uh, version of this kind of mm-hmm. where they have. Most like, do. I mean, Target has them too. Yeah. Target has their own version as well. So, um, you know, P3 is out there. I mean, obviously it is. They wouldn't be advertising, but quite frankly, like I'll be honest, I've, I've never actually seen it in a store. So we spent way too much time on P3. I'll <laughs> be happy to know they were a big part of the episode. I mean, I feel like they should be paying us for this publicity right now. They're getting really good market research out of us. Oh, at the, the, the fact you guys didn't even know who they are probably isn't great for them. <laughs> hey, but we're aware of them now. We just gave them twelve minutes on the show. <laughs> I mean, we're like we're their demo, though. Like we're the tr- people that they're trying to hit. Um, so I mean, I, I, mean, I, I it's I mean, bad that I, we I haven't heard of them, but they hit us. You haven't. You had. You got. And like, we're all from very different parts of the country. Like I'm. DC area, Tracer, Alabama, Devin's San Diego. Like, so, I don't know. But it, it is very weird to me. You guys have never uh, seen their products. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see that they're only in certain chains. And having lived in the same area Rob has, the, the dominant grocery stores are Safeway and Giant, you know, down here. You are um, out of the time, Trace. I haven't, I haven't been to a Giant in so long. So uh, they are. Really? I used to go to Giant all the time because they were across the street from my uh, townhouse. But um, down here, you go to Publix, you go to Walmart, and you go to Target, and you go to Winn Dixie. Like that's pretty much your choice in Alabama. Well, now you got a lot of Walmart up here. Like Walmart, I would say is the dominant uh, chain for by pretty clearly. Okay. So they are- well, I just I don't remember there being a whole lot of Walmart locations for groceries uh, in the Nova area because they're just like Walmart usually takes up a lot of um, space. And there's just not a lot of space in Northern Virginia. It seems that P3 has uh, drifted from the cheese and has replaced it with sunflower seeds as the third item. They're owned by Kraft Heinz. So that kind of explains a lot. Hmm. Well, they, they have, have a lot Planters of product now, too. Is Planters owned by Kraft Heinz, I'm assuming? It has know. to be. Planters. Um, all right, let's talk about something else. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think what the I think we're kind of to our power rankings for the week. I feel like we've pretty much covered well, everything that I, happened. Real, real quick, what did you guys think of the elimination? I thought it was good. I thought it was a good. I thought it was good. I thought it was really hard too. Yes, it was really hard. The fact that they could not stand flat footed on the platform and they were only able to really use their toes to get momentum 
you have to be really in control of your body to do that, like really good core strength so that you're not just flailing around. And Cam showed that I know I bag on Cam a lot. I still don't think she wins this final. I think she makes the final. I don't think she wins, but she's showing she's more athletic than I gave her credit for. So I give her lots of props for handily beating Ashley in this elimination because it was really hard. Yeah, I think I, I would honestly like for me, the I, I feel like I would almost get like vertigo type sickness from this, just like hanging there and like getting swung around like that. Like I'm not I'm not good with that. Um like just having things dangle around me like that, I would probably get sick. Alright. Uh who wants to go first? I never go first on this, I'll go first. So my men uh, side, uh, I think, isn't going to change much, if any. Uh, I still have Zarel one. I would have CT two still, and number three, I'm going to put Lee. No, you know what? I'm going to go Kyle in that spot. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So Darrell, CT, and then Kyle on the female side. I still just have no freaking idea what's going to happen here. Like there's just been, if, if it's cam versus the itty bitty committee in the final cam can win that final. I really think that. So I have to add her to my power. Who, who do you think is like the up. favorite in the final at this point out of the woman? Just like in turn, if you, they all ran a final today. Lolo. She was just bad today though, dude. Yeah, but it know, wasn't dude. necessarily her fault. I think Nam was like an anchor in. But, what what has she shown that she would be super capable in a final? I think it's really easy to put too much stock into what we saw today. Yeah, but like for me, this is also working with other evidence, and that she just struggles with these type of like clutch conditions. I don't know about that. Who I so- don't know, dude. If I as much as I thought Lolo was, you know, unstable in terms of the social game on the spinoff series. When she was in a situation with a good partner, she could perform. And I just think Nam's a bad partner for her. She didn't really it's work with partners. Her big thing was just winning eliminations in that uh, season. And like, she never worked with a partner. She was just working yeah. individuals. I mean, and we still don't know how this final is going to be structured. Like, we're assuming that they're going to rotate partners. They might only do it for one or two legs and you're solo the rest of the way. Like, we just don't know. I just, so, I just if you were to ask me. Like, a super supreme level to outweigh, like, deficiencies in other areas. Who are you? Who are you taking over her in the final? I think Teresa might actually have as a favorite out of all the women right now. Ooh, that's a take. I'd have Wait, to I'd just, just a final, one, right? In just, just a final, final. If, they, if they like just decide, hey guys, we're having ten of you run the final. I would have. I would go. I think I'd go Teresa one, Casey two, Cam three. All right, uh, uh, Trace. Right. In terms of realistic, I think that. Number one right now, even though I'm not a great fan of it, uh, Casey's got to be one for me at the moment. Last um, week you had Casey Ashley Camp. I what? You had Casey Ashley Cam last week. Yeah, so I think Casey's still number one. I got to move Cam to number two just because the the threats to her um, are slowly winnowing away, and they don't look like they seem to be able to get their shit together. So Cam two, I'll stay ninety three. Why not? And then overall, uh, I I don't know that I'm as confident with just the guys. So I will still think it's Darrell, CT, 
and then one is uh, three is Casey. I think that's probably the best power ranking I can come up with right now. Um, dude, something we need to talk about real quick is Ashley. Like, is she, like, is she even? Is she, she's not even any good anymore. Like, she's like, well, she gets always two shots bad this season. She's just never been good at that, and I think now not, her she, game has been kind of like cornered. Yeah, she hasn't been able to stay out of eliminations either. Like, yeah, but like I, I think that that's my weird thing with like she, looking at overall placing. Like, if you look at like like Wes has placed recently, or like where Johnny, or even like CT for a while. I mean, CT's had so many bad seasons over the past few seasons. Like, but there's some times where just your target just gets too big. Yeah, yeah but if well, you average I think, it out over the time, you're going to be towards the top. Yeah. Well, but I like, don't. Like I mean, look, look at CT's past five seasons. Like, let, let, let's like, if we look at that, we had Invasion, which it's I'm, not talk, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about just the last five seasons. I'm talking about like his like his entire career. Well, but like her, how many seasons has she even been on? She's been on like what seven? Like her eighth. Is, is, is this her eighth? Yeah, if you look at her overall there. track record, like I think then, like I, I don't really see what the the point you're making there is. Then the point is I, that there's I, two I, huge, real quick, and, and then you can go, Trace. My point is that there's two huge asterisks along with these other performances in the seasons that she actually finished high. Right, the first season that she won, they forced it so that people that were rookies essentially could make it towards the end, and then the second season she won, she came in part way through the game. Go ahead, Trace. Like three quarters of the way through the game. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't know. It was not that late. She came in in um, episode seven in a nineteen episode season, and like they barely had any eliminations happen at that point. It was not that late. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm kind of with Devin here. I still think she's a good competitor, but her game really leans itself towards a War of the Worlds two type game. You know, where they have strength in numbers. It's a team, and then you can kind of split off and make more money at the end. Invasion, like Devin said, it kind of forced her in. But in these games where it's individual or, you know, pairs, you know, yeah, she won a pair season, but that was Final Reckoning is not a great season. And it's not even a great the the eliminations and the the stupid. um, What did they call them? The equalizers. The the equalizers like that season. Just you. She made a million dollars from that season and good for her. But in the history of the show, that and Vendettas are really an abomination in the history of the show. Like they, I, I, I don't like calling it an asterisk just because I think we fall into this with regular with like sports too. You can't no no championship is created equally. Everything is its own unique like being. So like I think like just to say oh she has an asterisk for that like all, all right like what about the first four or five seasons of the show like every like everything you have to evaluate individually. So I think you just I, I hear on. you. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And that's why I give her props for winning that season. She took the rules of that season, the format, and she won. And she stole money. And good for her. You know, like, I give her props for doing that. That said, when you start looking at her overall challenge career, though, that you have to start really evaluating, is she as good of a player as we think she is? Because, yeah, okay, she's Millionaire Mitchell. Well, she won Final Reckoning. Boo-hoo, whatever. Invasion, they really made it easy for a rookie to win that. Great. Dirty 30, decided to go home after the first, during the first episode. Um, War of the Worlds 1, wasn't great. War of the Worlds 2, you know, it kind of played into her strength and that she could just kind of hide in the Alliance and was never in any danger of going home. But then you get to Total Madness. 
you know, she when when she when her butt is on the line and she has to play by herself, she can't win. And what I'm talking about is I'm talking about a lot of people though. Like I just think that like like it's like with like she's just not very good in eliminations and she's good at missions and she's uh good at finals and it's like why I think like right, like putting politics as such a premium skill. Like a lot of times, like if, in these types of seasons, you can just corner somebody, and then there's nothing they can do. And what I'm talking about is, I just when I'm talking about when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about her probability to, to win a future season. And at this point, I do not put it very high, just because all of the flaws that she does have, I feel like they significantly handicap her ability to make the good skills that she had actually show. Yeah, she she has to have the perfect cocktail to win a future season. But like like honestly yeah. for me how I look at Ashley, I think she's like female Kenny. <laughs> no. Get out of here. I think they're extremely similar <laughs> no, players. Dude. Yeah, well, why aren't they? No. Kenny is a better political player than she is. Like by far. Pick pick someone else. Pick someone else. I get what you're trying to do. Just pick someone else. Yeah. But I, I just think he, there's somebody where they're, they're I th- I still think she's a good politician. It's just she's in spots where she's been. She hung around one week. She had two chances this year, and she was literally around the first chance they had to get rid of her. They got rid yeah, of her. Yeah, but like Kenny is like oh, like she had like none of her allies casted on this season. She has cameras. But, but if she's that good, point. she should be able to overcome it, though. Yeah, but like, like Ken, when Kenny was in that position, he was partnered with Laurel when, and he was still the public enemy number one. Like he, he like great being a good. Po- I would say like being a good politician has like a limit on how far that can get you. But then he got everyone on his side to get rid of Wes. That was like at the very end of the season, and that was at that point when Wes was. No, like, it was not. It was now. episode six. It was just barely over halfway. But like the, at that point, like most of Wes's alliance had been purged out. But that was the, that was the thing by yeah, Kenny I don't think winning missions. Like, and that's that's a credit to him and Laura for winning the missions. But that's not to his yeah. political problem. They also, but here's the thing that people forget about Fresh Meat too. He was also smart in that he worked with Wes in certain points politically and used them to his advantage. They got rid of Darrell, so Wes and Kenny were able to call a truce for an episode, the very first episode. Get rid of Darrell. They also called a truce later, where Kenny was telling Wes, "Don't you screw me on this." And they made another deal. And Kenny said, when are people are going to realize real quick what a scumbag Wes is? And they're going to, and they're all going to fall by the wayside and he's going to turn on you. And I'm just here to tell you that that's what's going to happen. And that's what happened. Like he literally looked at what was going on in fresh meat too. And went, here's how this is going to go down. So here's how I need to play this game. Like he played average partner in fresh meat too. He's gone by episode four or five. Eh, I don't think so. I think we haven't seen him put in like the type of positions that Ashley's been put in. Yeah, I, I mean that's it's a different era of the show though for that. Yeah, like, like I, if I, you, sort of like that's really why it's hard to compare these things. But like I think like if you put Kenny in positions that she's been in and where she doesn't she didn't have allies on Total Madness or on uh, this season. She did. And, who like, are Kenny, her allies? No, Rob. Who are her allies? Like the the lavender, like the lavender ladies, or any of like the Cara's cult group from War of the Worlds too. Like Cam was the only person carried carried over from that on War of the Worlds too. Like Amanda hasn't been casted again. Sylvie hasn't been casted again. Shane hasn't been casted again. Cara hasn't been. And casted will never be cast again in oh, his yeah, case. A lot of those people like are never coming back. Well, well, like what? So since her since her allies like stop appearing on the show, that makes her a worse player. She needs to yes. start building new relationships. Yes, that's the key. Bananas, love him or hate him, for total madness, built new and better relationships. He has been able to win 
with new alliances in place. Like he's not just Evan and Kenny's other guy that they help him win. Like his win for total madness. I don't think people understand how impressive. I mean, granted the cast was a little weaker, but he was a huge target. So what did he do? He made nice with Wes and he was able to stay out of the line of fire and control everything. And then when Wes went in against them, he was able to beat him. And Corey mentioned when they were getting ready to go in that, you know, we've had our problems in the past, but you and I agreed before the season started to start fresh. So here we are. I'm going to give you what you want. I mean, bananas evolved. Ashley hasn't. I, I just, I think a lot of these things are just come down to the, you, every season is just such a unique situation. Like the, one of the big distinguishing factors between the challenge, like being a sport versus being a show, the best players aren't on every season. The, be- the best football players, the best NBA players are going to be playing every season bar extreme circumstances. So like when you just have like a weird mix that the producers pick out, like a lot of times the cast end up and like we can say, oh, she should just form new relationships. But that's just like, like how many new relationships did Kenny form over his career? Like it was the, by the end, like the end of his time, he was working still with a lot of the same people he worked with at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that I think I think Trace's example of Johnny is a better example, right? Like Johnny has consistently evolved and made new relationships with people. But he's had a ton of bad seasons too, though. Yeah, but eventually he's come back and done well. Like, do you think so? Do you think Ashley is going to come back and do well in the future? Like, that's pretty much what this conversation comes down to. We have another season where she comes back and does well. Say that again. Like, I mean, on Total Madness, all of Johnny's enemies are just aren't there. Like outside of Wes, who he had made uh, amends to. See, an- another relationship that Johnny like has been able to like evolve and like get get on his side. Sure. We just haven't seen the ability for Ashley to be able to do that. Well, no, no, I, I actually I disagree with that because she and Kara were pretty bitter enemies, kind of got a final reckoning, and then they come back on War of the Worlds two and work together and make the final. Okay, one case. Well, I don't like, know. I mean, like, I-, I just, I just don't, I, I don't like going into a season if Ashley's on it. Like, I don't put her. Chances of winning very high at this point. I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with that. I just uh, again, it just depends on what the, what the makeup would look like. But I think uh, on I mean, a if they bring level, the Bad Girls Club producers back and we get another Final Reckoning type season, sure, she's got a shot. I think she's got a shot in a lot of these. I just think it, it's just going to depend on the situation. But like, I mean, it's it's hard to win these things. That is true. Yeah, I, I give you that. Yeah, it's really hard to win this show. There's a reason why there are a lot of multi-time champions because it's easier to win again. But then you also have players like Wes who are very good at the game, but have a hard time actually getting multiple like, wins. Like I, that's honestly, one of the things I people have forget about Wes. It's like it's using winning as like the metric for success. Like, like who, who had a better season, Theo and Wes on World of the Worlds 1 or Rogan on World of the Worlds 2? Rogan on War of the Worlds too. That's ridiculous. Theo and West were significantly. He more won. Fun. Yeah, but like he was one of the top four. So were Theo and West. So because the show, yeah, but he still won. They didn't. Win. I think that's absolutely absurd. You know, I still think West is one of the greatest players to play the game. But the fact of the matter is, his last win was Rivals two. But like, if the show just says, okay, like. War of the Worlds 1, we're going to have the top four finishers all be declared the winner, just like we did with War of the Worlds 2. Then just the show making that completely arbitrary distinction makes their season like somehow more impressive. Well, see, now I feel like you're kind of halfway contradicting yourself, and I'm being I'm, I'm, not, I'm not contradicting myself. Here. I'm saying that they had a more impressive season. We need to evaluate how they performed. They had a way more impressive season than Rogan in a War of the Worlds 2, even though Rogan's a winner and they're not. 
Well, the reason I say the contradiction, though, is because you're talking about how these, you know, seasons and the rules are different season to season, and there are different circumstances, so we can't put an at, it's hard to put asterisks by Ashley, so why should we compare, you know, how can we compare Rogan's win versus, you know, Wes and Theo not winning? We can compare them, but you use like a binary distinction, like an asterisk isn't accurate. You have to put like a quantitative value on it, and I think... Like to say Rogan was more impressive in World of the Worlds two than Theo and Wes in World of the Worlds one is absurd. Like I, I think right. that there's there's zero basis for that. And see, I just come down to, and this is just maybe a generational thing for me. Um, you know, when I grew where when I when I was coming up, like either one of you lost. And if you lost, great, you had a great performance, but did you win? Nope. All it's right. Like, next crazy. next so person like up. PJ at the end of the World of the Worlds one final says, you know what, guys? We changed our mind. All four of you are the winners. Ninja, Theo, Turbo, Wes, you guys all won. All of a sudden, that changes how their performance actually, like how impressive their performance was. Doesn't change the impressiveness. It just, well, that's you what know. I, that's what I'm saying. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's fair. I, yeah. Like, I, I think. I just take it from the standpoint of like, you know, can you say that Wes played a better game in World of Worlds 1 than Rogan did in World of Worlds 2? Maybe, but Wes played a pretty horrible game in World of Worlds 2. I don't even think he played that bad of a game in World of Worlds 2. If he wins that elimination with Bear, his alliance, the alliance that he had formed controls every single vote. For, well, not every single vote, but they would have actually controlled every single vote if he had stayed. But, like, they're the one in power for the rest of the game, basically. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But, like, he developed the power apparatus that eventually controlled the game. He just was a – I mean, look, he, him talking with uh, ragging Josh while Laura's in the room is one of the, the bigger missteps in, in, in some time. But Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, All right, you guys need uh, your power rankings. Did I give picks? Sorry, we got, we got off track there. We're way off track. It's good, though. I like it. It's a good combo. Good conversation. So, did, I, did I give picks? No, go. Okay, real quickly. Oh, man, I had Cam and Ashley one and two last week too. We, we were not did not give a good evaluation of Ashley's position coming back into the show. Um, no. I have Cam one. I'll do Teresa. T- I, mean, I really don't want to do Teresa two because I, I think she's just got such a target on her right now. I'll do Amber B two and Teresa three. A bold fucking take, Rob. It's it's not a confident one. Um, and then I'll have Darrell one, Darrell one, CT two, Leroy three. You said. You said Cam, Amber B, Teresa. Yeah. And then you, who do you want to go with here? The row one for the men, uh, CT two, Leroy three. And then overall, I'll go to row one, Cam two, CT three. Say that one more time. So uh, for men, Darrell. No, CT, no, no, for overall. For overall. Uh, overall, Darrell, Cam, CT. All right. I'll do mine really quick. I'm going to go for the men. I'm going to go Fessy, Darrell, CT. And I would probably have Nam still right outside of that group. So I'm not like taking like a huge swing from where I was, but that's, I definitely have them outside of the top three now. Then I have Lolo, Casey, Cam. And then overall, I have Fessy, Darrell, Lolo. Okay. Um, let's take 30 seconds to talk about Nehemiah being on the OG season. The only new addition that I he has. I, I, I don't have an issue with Nehemiah being on the cast at all compared to the rest of these, these people. 
I feel like this is just shaping up to be a dud, to be honest. I'm kind well, of disappointed. Well, like, they haven't left yet. Like, this character's still not filled out. I, I think to make any... Like, I, I, I mean, how, how reliable are we even sure that... I mean, it's, look, it's coming from somebody who's given, like, the reliable casting spoilers consistently, so I shouldn't say that. But, like, I don't know, man. With this whole thing, I just... I have no clue. Like, I have no clue it's how it's going to... It's just with, like, so many of the people that the, are currently speculated to be on, I'm not excited about. Anissa. Ar- Arissa, I'm not excited about. Uh, Kellyanne. Trishel. Uh, I like Kellyanne. I'd be happy to see Kellyanne back. Um, I'm actually good with Trishel. Yes. All of those people I'm not excited about. Nehemiah, I'm fine with. I would prefer... I, I'm more curious to see, like, him coming back versus Big Easy. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hello? I would agree with that. Yeah, I got you. You're still there. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely fine with Nehemiah. I mean... He is a challenge champion, and if you did want to put an asterisk by another season, that Gauntlet 3 Wookiees win, that's a pretty big asterisk if you were into asterisks. But I'm really excited about seeing Ace back. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I don't even think... Look, I, I we said Coral should definitely be on for the woman, and there's definitely some stuff to throw in. I just have a hard time... Before I even like know what they're doing, it's hard for me to criticize the cast a ton. Like Nehemiah, he's at least like I think he's in a good position because he's still definitely like involved in the challenge universe. Him and Wes are still very close, and he's done some like challenge stuff in the past. So I at least think he'll have something to contribute when he comes on. But yeah, like I, I don't know what I don't even know what they're going to be doing. Yeah, I just think we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, I mean. From what we're hearing, at the very least, um, they are going to do eliminations, and it's just going to be like an older school challenge. So, what are the eliminations going to be? Is it going to be like I don't on, know. The, on the treadmill with the itching powder, or like what are, God? <laughs> I hope so. What are they Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. We, we what, what's what's, what's um? What's going on? Can Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My headphones died, and then. It doesn't let you do anything with audio settings when we're in the meeting, which is unfortunate. I know. I don't like that. Uh, but, but anyways, we were talking about that. Apparently, there are eliminations. What those eliminations are is very much up for question. Do we know anything else new about it? We know, know that they're, they're currently in quarantine. Do we know where they're oh, going? Really? How many people are supposed to be on this thing? Oh, it's... Um, I think... I would say it's going to be probably 20 is my guess. I would, I would, would guess be... 20 plus the host. So a small cast? Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be 10 and 10 because it's only going to be like a two to three week film. Um, but from what we're hearing um, right now, the crew, the host, everything, the alternates, the cast, uh, they have been getting tested daily uh, and have been quarantining at home Friday, this coming Friday, they will be getting together for the group quarantine in hotels. And then a few days after that, flying out to film. So if, if we're just uh, guessing on what the overall format's going to like somewhat mirror, like I'm thinking it's going to be like champs versus with a more emphasis on like in between mission elimination chicanery. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be like a way less competitive version of the normal show. I, I think that's kind of what I'm envisioning. I am envisioning it to look a lot like Gauntlet 1. That's a very, very good guess. Like it's um, going to be like 
Well, I mean, like it was probably like what Gauntlet one, Inferno one, with significantly higher production values. Yeah, that's what I think. You won't have life shields, but it'll be like the smaller cast. It'll go quicker, and it'll be a Gauntlet one esque thing where it's a janky carnival game type daily. Maybe there'll be some stuff with you know some ropes here or there. Uh, you'll probably get you know champs versus stars type eliminations that we saw where there's some physicality but none to where anyone's going to really get hurt. Um, so I think you're going to see just a smaller, slower moving in terms of the cast. Uh, but I mean, some of these cast members, Brad and Derek, are still in great shape. So um, that's what I was thinking. I feel like some of the like Brad and Derek are going to be on, and they're going to like, all right, where's the ball? Where's the balls in where's the pole wrestle like they're, they're gonna be like rearing to go and, yeah. and maybe they will i mean i just i i just don't think we know what this thing's gonna look like at all until it actually airs like i know that sounds so stupid to put it that way but uh well, I we mean, have no precedent for this no we really don't if i had to guess i think it's gonna look a lot like the first champs versus pros thing i just think they want more of an emphasis on like because, like, that was a very com- competition-heavy show. And, like, even a po- political-heavy show. Like, there was a lot of, like, strategy to those shows. Whereas with this, I think it's going to be, like, more like a keep catching up with what these people are up to. Yeah. Which I think that will be a big element. Like, I think every episode, it's going to be a dead giveaway who's going home. Because you'll get a large profile <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> we're, 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 are we, am I going to need to be, like, doing, like, a fantasy game for this? No. Do we have? Because I don't feel like. Uh, uh, you know what, though, honestly, Rob, I think you have to watch season one to make a decision if it's worth the fantasy game. If there's a season two, because if it's basically more of, let's say, it's not Gauntlet one type show, let's say it's closer to Duel two, then if it's something closer to what Duel two is, then you can have a fantasy game because there actually will be strategy. I mean, look, we make fantasy games out of anything. I'm not I, like, I like they, they have fancy games for like, Jersey yeah, stuff. but if it's, I think the weird thing is, is like if the show, like one of the rumors for a while that I was reading was it would be a more big brother esque type show where the cast sticks yeah, around longer it. and stuff like that. That's a little harder to fantasy because yeah, then I mean, it's all like survivor big brother fantasy. Like I, I think I was more looking at like from a viewership perspective, if that's going to be in demand. Yeah, I don't know. I think it will do well ratings wise. I, I really do. I think the challenge as a brand is strong enough that, you know, especially with Brad, who was just recently on a season, um, if Wes is on it, which is there's a very strong possibility he is. Um, I, I think it has the potential to do close to uh, the, the it won't match the rating of the current show, but it'll get three quarters of the way there. And I think MTV and Beatum and Murray would be happy if they get that number. Do we know who the host will be? I was assuming it was going to be Mark Long because it feels weird for him to be a contestant on the show yeah, and be part of the too. production. Like what are the odds of him winning if he's a contestant? Like he has like minus three, minus 300 or something. I, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe. His social game is always really good. <laughs> uh, I, I was just because, like, if he's the producer, he's gonna have the teams are gonna be like him, Derek, Brad. Uh, <laughs> like he's gonna like have like I don't know like like Nehemiah and then somebody I don't know somebody they can like vote off, and then they're yeah. gonna be going up against like the Big Easy Ace uh, Cyrus. <laughs> 
That sounds so hilarious when you put it like that. Let's say those guys are on opposite teams. It's Mark, Derek, and Brad versus Big Easy, Ace, and Cyrus. Like yeah. that just is such like, a I don't mismatch. know what kind of shape Yes is in. That, that's a determining factor. And then, He's a wild card. He's a ringer. We don't know. Dude, I'll never forget that Inferno 2 episode. One of like the first – or no, Inferno 1, excuse me. One, one of those first Inferno 1 episodes – where everyone is really questioning Cyrus's physical ability because he's one of the older people on the cast and they go through the challenge and uh, they vote him in and it turns out he was the best person on the team. Yeah. They vote him in before it was something weird where they didn't see the results of the challenge until after they voted. And so they vote Cyrus in and then see the results and Cyrus finished first out of all the men. Maybe, maybe he should be. Maybe he's on Mark Long's team. Then maybe he still got old man strength. This is gonna. Hey, you know what? As a new father, well, I'm not that new anymore. My daughter turned 17 months uh, in three minutes. Um, uh, You get a certain level of reflexes and strength you didn't know you had to keep your child from dying on a on like a daily basis. Like she's like two seconds away from falling off the bed or you know, t- spilling out on a coffee table or, you know, one, I mean, you, you gain a whole new set of strength as a dad. That old man's strength is for real. Yeah, but what's, what's the power ranking on these six females in terms of what, who, who's getting up on Mark Long's team? <sighs> Man. Kellyanne has to be the number one overall out of these six, right? Yeah. Easily. Yeah, like, I love Kelly Doyle as a character, but it's <laughs> kind of rather hard, have but... Would you rather have Ruthie or Anissa? Ruthie. Ruthie. We have, we haven't seen Ruthie in so long. Lisa's at least still on the show and is like winning missions. But does she have any chance to win a final against against Katie, Arissa, and Trishel? I think she could be okay. Fair point. I, would, I think Trishel would be the favorite. <laughs> not not seeing not seeing any of those women, I would still take them over Anissa though. Really? Yeah, dude. Her Arissa, stamina is not Arissa, Katie, and Trishel in an actual final. Even if they run, even if they run a gauntlet one type final, okay, I still don't see Anissa winning that final against those women. Like, I just don't. But here's what's really funny: like, people are going to probably sleep on Trishel. We haven't seen any of these people in so long. God knows. I I realize Trishel has not been on the show now in seven years, but people forget she actually finished the Battle of the Seasons final with Dustin. Yeah, she wasn't a she wasn't a complete disaster that season. No, I mean, she, she wasn't. They, got second. So, they were better than Devin, JD, and the Brooklyn team. Yeah, well, Devin being on the Brooklyn team was just JD an anchor. is really bad in that final too. He was bad. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason that Chet and Sarah were trying to get rid of their partners the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and San Diego was like, "Yeah, we're not putting Brooklyn in anymore because as long as JD Funny and Devin how that are season here, worked we're out, where each team had like at least one competitor on it, you were, you were like, "All right, this they're, they they're not they're not winning with this person." And I mean, well, I would like, stay ended up winning with Sam for San Diego, but like, you know, they had one anchor at least on every team. I mean, there's still going to be more people on this cast. Like, they're not going to have only six women. And then what is this? No, it's it's going to be 20 people would be my guess. So, um, but from what, and I took a, a perusal of, there's a lot of people up in the air, but the people that have an idea of who the cast might be has said that it's a decent cast. So there are people they can't confirm, but they know, you know, the up in the air there, they could be alternates or they could be um, actual cast members, but there's just a lot of questions on who's an alternate and who's not. 
Well, Beth did an Instagram live, and she said the only way she would go on is if Nehemiah and Cyrus are casted, and they're currently in the um, very likely. Currently in the very likely. Yeah, so maybe maybe she will be on. I need to see Beth, and I need to see Coral on the cast. Yeah, they're definitely the top two of the the women and the almost of any of the women, but they have the ones in the up in the air category. They 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 got to be on. They will be the most fun because it's not an old school challenge without them fighting. What's going to be the uproar once like Coral was supposed to be on and then she gets cut for John A? <laughs> I'm a. Uh... I'm on Katie Doyle's Instagram right now, and she looks like she's in better shape now than she was when she was actually on the show. Yeah, actually, I think so. I remember she did a podcast with Derek um, a year or two ago, and apparently she's in better shape, and she had quit smoking, and she doesn't drink all that much anymore. And she just, you know, being a mom and a real estate type person is really, you know, she grew up. And so, you know, she might actually be in you know, much better shape than she ever was on the show. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you, you do got to bet, bet the money on uh, Katie Doyle versus Denise in the final then. You know, I'd put my money on Katie right now. Yeah, overly inspiring for her capabilities in a final. I feel like fantasy would be hard for this season, but I could see a lot of really good yeah, but weekly, like we have fantasy uh, games for props. everything. Like literally everything. I feel like there'd be a great bunch of prop bets every week on the challenge OG show. <laughs> We should start a challenge sports book. I had a, I did a few. I did articles about a challenge sports book before World the Worlds won, and I think before one other season too. It was actually did pretty well. If the if the spoilers were not so readily available, I think it would be way more successful. That's the thing, you have to leave like, like before the season even begins, and like have to you can't even like you don't even know what props to put up because we don't even know what's gonna the format's gonna be. Yeah, it's hard, but and that's the thing too is like it's why I would never bet on the show because a it's easy. It, from what I, I haven't looked at spoilers now since I think Rivals Two was the last season that I spoiled myself on, and I after that season and how good it was, I realized that my enjoyment of the show would be way better if I didn't look at spoilers. But I have seen spoilers on accident, just scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through Twitter. Yeah, you like, just gotta cut it out. You just can't. You just can't. you really just have to stay yeah, away. Like, like I, I, I like have to like mute any account. I like I, I like. Because, like, you'll have stuff where I'm not following the person, but they'll just end up on the thing. So there's They'll, like, like, like a tweet, like, no offense to these people, because I'm not, like, mad at them about it, but, like, a Scott Yeager or um, I've even seen a friend of the show uh, like a tweet by one of those spoiler accounts, and their liking of the tweet, I saw a spoiler. And so, I feel like they're you usually know, it's kind of hard. liking the tweets that contain them. It's just then one, it's like they're following, it's more like they're following the person and they end up on the timeline somehow. Yeah, yeah, somehow they wind up in a, you should follow this person, and here is what their latest tweet is. I know, I'm like, can we, like, can we, like, have some, like, Twitter, like, Twitter, like, uh, you know, policy, policy get involved here? All right, so I'm an, I'm the old man of the show. If there is a younger listener that can tell me how to turn on a Twitter setting that will make them stop giving me suggestions of people to follow, that would be great, because... It really does make it hard to avoid spoilers on not just this show, but other stuff that I like to watch because, you know, one of the things that drives me crazy, one of the, and we're way off topic, but I'll go with it since we're so long anyway. Um, I watch all elite wrestling and I love them, but I never watch them live because I'm just, I'm watching the challenge. We're recording the show. So I tend to watch AEW on Thursday night on my DVR. Well, I have to stay off social media completely if I don't want to know what happened 
because from their own Twitter account, 30 seconds after a segment ends, there's a highlight clip. And so it's like, I, I understand that they want to drive engagement with their product, but if you're not watching the product live, you just get spoiled. And so it's just, it, it's a lot of the reason why I try to avoid social media f- for a lot of stuff is because it's just, I want to be able to enjoy something as if I'm watching it live and I'm not watching it live. So anyway, there's my rant for the day. <laughs> old, old man yells at cloud for the, for this episode. Pretty much. Old man yells at cloud film at 11. So, and with that, thank you for listening. You can reach us at the challenge chronicles at gmail.com with any listener emails. You can buy any challenge chronicle merchandise at big dub diesel with two B's. You can, what else can you do? It's about all we can do. I guess you can watch us on Pat Mayo's YouTube channel. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. If you're watching this on Pat Mayo's YouTube channel, And with that, we'll be back with you next Thursday to talk about episode seven of Challenge Double Agents. Have a good one. Bye.